Hello, I'm Marilyn Flair. Welcome to the PlayLab podcast. This is a place where we share what we've been learning from our research and where we dive deep into our evidence-based model called Conceptual Play Worlds for the Intentional Teaching of STEM Concepts in Early Childhood, both in the home and at school and in preschool. In this episode today, we're going to talk about research in family home settings. With us today, we have Prabhat Rai and Oriana Ramuno. Prabhat has been leading research in STEM with families at the Conceptual Play Lab, and Oriana has been working as a digital storyteller and has planned a whole series of sessions, which we're going to hear about today, with Dr. Rebecca Lewis, one of our fantastic graduates um, from our Play Lab. Prabhat and Ariana, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves? Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Prabhat, and I work as a senior research fellow at the Play Lab, uh, and my work is largely with working with families. Hi, everyone. My name's Ariana Ramuno, and um, I've been working uh, as an early childhood teacher for um, an early primary teacher for um, just over 18 years, and I have been involved with the Conceptual Play Worlds um, research for um, quite a number of years. I'd say probably close to um, maybe seven years or so, and I've joined the Play Lab team um, in the last couple of years and have really enjoyed uh, working um, more intensely um, with a, a really strong focus on the Conceptual Play Worlds in a number of roles. Oh, we're so happy to have you both here with us today and um, to be sharing some of this exciting research that we can hear about. But we also have um, zooming in with us um, as, as part of our interview is uh, one of the parents who's been involved in the exciting research that we're going to hear about today and her clever daughter um, who've participated in um, this great program called Conceptual Play World at Home Live. I'm so looking forward to hearing all about it. Um, Prabhat, can you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing with your research? Absolutely. Uh, our research with families has uh, multiple strands, on-site, online, and also more recently we are doing work on social media space. So what is central uh, to all of them is our methodology of educational experiment and the model of conceptual play world that guides our interventions. Uh, in today's conversation, uh, I think Oriana and I uh, thought it would be worth talking more about the digital educational experiment we did in collaboration with uh, Playgroup Victoria last year. Uh, and uh, it was a difficult time for all of us uh, during the lockdown. And uh, we thought how to engage with families who are really finding very challenging and difficult to offer uh, a good quality early education for their children. So at that time, uh, we started thinking about how can we basically use this model of conceptual play world in the digital space. So uh, we engaged and worked with Playgroup Victoria and this idea of conceptual play world and home life emerged there. Uh, it is uh, an interesting uh, you know, space uh, which basically offers families possibility to come together week after week to hear stories, uh, play together uh, with their children. And most importantly, they learn a lot of science concepts all while playing, which I thought was just fantastic. And if I can just go a little further and say that uh, there are four main parts to our work you know, when we are designing and thinking about it. 
uh, and they are all based on the five characteristics of the conceptual play world, which you know uh, you have developed, Marilyn. It, it, it's so fantastic. So one is we are constantly thinking about the designing of this digital space and how can we think of roles of families and their children when they participate in this digital space. Two was around how to design a pathway where families can come and share their interests, their routines, and how can we build relationship with them? It is not just a one-way conversation. And to make it more emotionally meaningful for everybody in the family. And lastly, uh, I think most central part of our discussion was also around how to use concept uh, in these uh, play spaces, not to overload or overwhelm families with knowledge, but rather use concepts in the service of play, which can extend the play narrative for children. So that, that in nutshell is what we have been working on for the last uh, one year or maybe one and a half. Oh, Prabha, that's so interesting. I can imagine the families that are listening are going, oh, they want to hear more about this because to bring those STEM conversations, science, technology, engineering and mathematics into the home um, in this, with, through this model sounds, sounds like something that particularly in COVID context that they'd be really wanting to know more about and perhaps even participate in. The model that you're talking about and the, the characteristics of a conceptual play world with the story, with the, um, the drama of the story and the um, um, creating imaginary situations and entering these imaginary situations and going on these exciting adventures. I'm just trying to imagine how all of that happens and how you set it up in, in homes. Um, but I guess um, this is where it's lovely to, to go across to Oriana now and ask her as the digital storyteller perhaps to talk a little bit about how that all started and um, what was important um, in building um, that connection with the families. Yeah, thanks, Marilyn. Um, I mean, in terms of uh, the model of intentional teaching, it was quite familiar to me, um, both in early childhood settings and in early primary settings. We, um, as, as I've mentioned before, worked with it for a number of years, but was a completely new way of working with children in family settings using an online digital uh, medium. Um, so for me, the initial concerns were around how do I engage and sustain that um, engagement with children and families for a period of time. So really, we, we worked really hard in uh, both Rebecca and I in trying to plan um, in a way that in engage the children um, so that they were active participants and um, and also um, ensuring that our families, our, our parents that were involved in it were, were play partners with us as well. So we thought a lot about um, those, those types of engagement, um, of course, building the story, um, the drama of the story, empathising with the characters was really important um, because that that those connections and investment with um, those that, that emotional investment with those characters, um, as I like to coin it, um, is really important in terms of how it motivates children to want to um, help them solve the problem um, and and to learn the science. Um, to, to make sure that we get those characters either back home or, um, or, or in a safe place or, you know, something like that, whatever the problem may be that's presented. Um, so a lot of the stuff was around uh, songs, rhymes, actions, uh, lots of active, um, active engagement as well as... Um, uh, very much the, the you know the whole the whole sensory. So looking at you know what um, we can do to in try and include 
the children's, um, you know, whole body holistic type of um, engagement and interaction with um, the children. And also whenever we were really um, planning, both Rebecca and I were really keen to always think about play and imagination and being in that imaginary space together. And so there was a lot of um, language modelling, um, uh, pairing uh, actions, words with actions um, and all that sort of stuff that was very um if you uh, were looking in, you could see there was a lot of explicit stuff happening as well so that we could really try and engage um, our families and our children together. Oh, Aria, I can just visualise what you're describing there. I can just um, see you zooming into those family homes and doing all of those songs and encouraging all those actions and going on adventures with the children. It's so exciting. And and um, and I can see that that... The STEM problems, the science, the engineering and the technology, you know, can, can really be elaborated and discussed in, with the parents, probably not even just at that moment, but later on during the day, because yeah. I think you, you zoom in just for a short time. So I was wondering, what, what, was, what, did the, what was the role of the parents or the families? Because I'm sure there was grandparents and aunties and uncles and, <laughs> and more involved as well that we, we may not see on the day when you're zooming in. But when, what, what was it that the parents had to do? Well, um, of course, we, um, during those sessions, we, we didn't stop just there. We um, were constantly communicating with families via email, making suggestions about how they could continue to um, elaborate and extend on the, the play and, um, and be involved in the conceptual play worlds. But what was really interesting is that, um, uh, and of course, we encouraged um, them to share what they had done throughout the week. Uh, again, you know, just um, through photos and emails. What we found is that families, um, to try and explore those concepts even further, would use um, and think about their everyday type of concepts and also um, engage with their extended family. So a lot of the times they might, because we looked at the story of um, Rosie's Walk, um, the children um, who had access to um, grandparents who lived on farms would go and visit um, and try and, um, you know, look at, identify with the farm animals and, um, you know, just role play that. And, and also what we found too was families were then using the story and the concepts to weave in and engage with their children and the children were also um, doing so that as well. So there was um, uh, such a lovely reciprocity of the everyday and of the science concepts um, and it was a lovely anchor for both um, um family, parents, extended family and children to continue to explore. So Prabha, as the researcher involved in this, what, what, what things did you notice and, and what about the families, but other things, what, what were you finding from this exciting research? Yeah, I think uh, Oriana did talk about a number of very interesting things. Uh, if I can just go back and say that, you know, uh, over a period of time, uh, those 30-minute sessions, uh, which Oriana was doing with the family, uh, she became like a household star, like they, they knew her. So Oriana became a ca character in their life, an, an important character in their life. And that was a huge you know, difference because they could relate with her. Oriana was presenting week after week, kind of an ideal form 
which was not something just for the parents to uh, replicate and follow or imitate some of those things and take in their home setting, but also for children uh, because they could relate and you know, engage in the same manner as she was presenting it to them. Uh, and you know, the, the interesting bit to my mind, which really uh, blew me was that because we were planning from the very beginning, not thinking about it in terms of engaging with an individual child or not in the, engaging with uh, an individual family. So this idea of collective was something which was very, very central there. Uh, in the home setting, it was not just the child and the parent who were participating, but the siblings, and as uh, Oriana mentioned, the grandparents, sometimes uh, the neighbors' uh, children. So all of it created a kind of a setting where there could be more people participating and having fun and enjoying, uh, you know, and at the same time learning something new. Uh, which I thought uh, was just great. You know, a, fam uh, a parent the other day, you know, in our one of our meetings said that uh, her older child, who is around seven years old, and a younger mother who was participating in the play world around three years. And every time he used to come back from his school, he used to ask what they have done today in the, in, in the play world. And that to me was just wonderful because there, there were more, uh, you know, people who were engaged in it rather than just who were participating in the digital space. So that was beautiful. It's so exciting, Prabhat. I was just thinking how, how amazing that just a small injection of 20 or 30 minutes of superstar Oriana in, these, <laughs> in their family homes Absolutely. actually creates all of these STEM conversations um, and brings in the children and gives this collective narrative, I guess, around science, technology, engineering. How amazing. So I think we've got some, we have some other, um, we have a guest, is that right, Prabhat, that you want to tell us a little bit about? Yeah, I, I think uh, this is a good uh, good time. We speak with Stacy. Uh, Stacy has been one of our uh, you know Playworld champions. She has been engaged with a very young daughter uh, in our more recent uh, you know conceptual Playworld, which we did around uh, gingerbread jam. Uh, we we tweaked with the story, uh, and Oriana and Rebecca planned it so well uh, that children who were uh, as young as uh, Stacy's daughter around. 18, 19 months, the children who were around four years, four, four and a half, were all engaged in this uh, activity setting. So yeah, we hear from Stacy now. Stacy, you and your daughter were so involved in the play world that motivated us a lot. You know, I just can't tell you, every time uh, you brought these new set of ideas, uh, new understandings, uh, and different way of you know talking about the same story that really you know meant a lot for us uh, as as we were planning the play worlds now uh, i was just wondering that uh, it would it would be nice that if you can just share about your experiences of participating in the play world with your daughter uh, thanks pravat um, we had a lot of fun um, joining in the conceptual play world um, clara still wants to play gingerbread jan um so she's still a part of our regular play activities so um we had a lot of fun together and it was a really good opportunity for clara to learn some new um skills and for me to really think about what i was trying to teach her and what what was really important for her learning um and i thought stem 
stuff might be out of my comfort level to to teach Clara, but um, I found that it wasn't. So um, I'm really pleased about that. Um, she was very young when we started. So I think she was 14 months when we first started. And um, she was the youngest, I think, in the who was participating. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't sure what she would maybe get out of out of this, but I uh, was game to give it a try. So, and I'm so glad that we did. Um, we we found that as well as fun, she did start to learn some concepts, and um, I think she took away a lot from it. Yeah, yeah, that's just lovely, you know. And you 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 said that she had fun, and uh, she's still involved in doing this uh, gingerbread jam story because we often encourage uh, families to you know uh, keep stretching as as long as they would like to because it's not just about doing it for four weeks or two weeks or smaller time but if the child is identifying with the character you can do a number of other things around the same story and uh, that's that's really lovely now the other bit which I probably would like you to reflect on and tell us more about is that when we were planning, uh, we were constantly just thinking about that we are going to do these sessions twice a week. It was just a bi-weekly session. Now, how did you basically kept the story narrative alive or did you do something in the home setting so that she could you know, do something beyond those 30 minutes of sessions which we were doing? Yes, so um, we we actually have a photo board in our house that we use um, mm. for Clara when she was because she didn't have much language at the time, and we used it photographs of everyday things so that she could um, point or show us what she wanted. So we'd have things like drinks, lunch, um, play, the garden, um, playgrounds, and just photos of all these everyday things. I made one. Uh, of gingerbread Jan so that she oh. could let me know if she wanted to play gingerbread Jan or I could show it to her and suggest let's play let's um let's go into the play world um so that would be how we would initiate the the play mm. um and I would say not every day but probably every other day she would we would play something so we would either do yeah. some baking or play-doh in the bakery for um making gingerbread jam and different treats um, yes. or we would be telling the story of the characters um trying to help gingerbread jam to escape from the fox so we would, would sometimes we would do a bit of an obstacle course to um try and get around the river to jump over things um other times we would um be pretending being we were different characters so yeah that's that's great because uh you know what I'm hearing from you is that there was something already available in the home setting like this photo board you're talking about and you use that photo board basically to bring in uh, a new you know practice a conceptual play world so conceptual play world basically became part of your everyday routine which you know whenever the child is interested in you were playing with with uh, her isn't it yeah that's right so yeah. yeah when there's something new um we've added a different photo to the board okay yeah H how did that happen like uh, did you add new characters there uh or oh, you're saying that probably because she was engaged in this new practice you you added a new photo there right that's right yeah yeah okay that's great 
So, uh, so one part of the conceptual play world when we talk with parents is about designing the space because uh, you know that that could be a space where you can really uh, play with the child and have the story and some setup uh, where you can be that character you know of the story. So, did you uh, use any special uh, corner of the house or any any spot in the uh, backyard or anywhere? which basically became your space where you were playing this uh, conceptual play world stories. Yeah, so we we had um, two main spaces. Um, the first one, um, we, we used the kitchen. Um, I've got a small table in the kitchen for Clara and um, we would use that to bake. Um, so we'd pretend we were at the bakery, we'd put on our aprons and... Uh, either pretend to bake with Play-Doh um, or sometimes we would do actual baking and I'd stand her up at the counter with me watching what I was doing and helping to measure things out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our other, sorry, oh. our other um, area would be the lounge or the, and that would often flow out into the garden because it was still nice in summer when we were playing um, and we'd go running around the garden um chasing each other often mm. um to pretend we were running away from the fox <laughs> that's that's beautiful uh and did you buy anything or did did you use anything from the home setting uh to create this because uh you said that you know you were doing this baking and using play-doh so uh did you buy something expensive from outside or did you use the home uh you know materials and things which were already available in the home setting to create this work so the only thing that i actually bought was uh, a gingerbread cookie cutter and okay. we didn't have that till very near the end and that was more just to add a little something special to the baking process um but everything else I made do with what we had um so in fact I don't think I had all the animals that we needed for the characters and uh, we didn't have a chicken so we used a, a duck instead but um and I found it doesn't matter kids don't care <laughs> oh. um and we actually used a giraffe push along toy to pretend to be the fox she still <laughs> calls it fox <laughs> <laughs> That's that's very nice. Uh, and uh, then let's come to the other part, which is around uh, these roles uh, in the in the story. So uh, did you take these uh, an active role in the play world? Were you also a character in, in, in the Gingerbread Jan story? Yeah, so I mixed it up a bit. Sometimes I was purely sort of storytelling. Ah. Um, other times I would take on a, a character, so I'd be one of the bakers with her, working alongside her to create something. Um, and, um, you know, sometimes I would ask her questions about what was happening and what was she doing, what were we going to make. And her language at the time was very minimal, but she was good at, at pointing and um sort of showing me what she wanted to do. So when I'd say to her, right, what do we do next? We've got our cookies on the baking tray. What's next? She'd get up and go straight over to the oven. This is what we do next. <laughs> Pointing. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's great. And did your partner also participate in uh, some of these activities? He did, um, particularly the, 
the chasing game. Clara dragged him into it. So um, he very quickly got on board um, to play uh, running as the fox. Yeah. So it became more or, uh, or less like a family, you know, doing it together uh, rather than it being a smaller activity, like smaller activity being done with the child, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, we deliberately made this tweak in the name of the story, you know, it, it may look very cosmetic, but we changed it from Gingerbread Man to Gingerbread Jan, uh, thinking carefully about that the narrative of the story need to, you know, encourage girls participation in science. Uh, I wonder that this, did this help uh, your daughter's participation uh, in this uh, play world anyway? I think it did. Um, and I wonder if that's partly my doing as well, just by reminding her, it's Tuchibred Jan, it's another girl, just like you. Mm -hmm. um, and look what she's doing, look what's happened. So I do think that um, it would have had an impact, definitely. Okay, well, that's, that's good to know. Uh, and uh, did you face any difficulty or challenge uh, while, you know, implementing it or while, while you know, your daughter was engaging in the play world? Um, no, no major challenges. Um, I think the only challenge I had was just overcoming my own fear of uh, science yeah. <laughs> and thinking I couldn't do it, but I absolutely could. Yeah, but you were fabulous, Stacey. Uh, I, I can say that, you know, the way in which you were engaging and bringing in these ideas of, uh, of engaging your daughter, th that were just fantastic. Uh, and lastly, uh, what would you say to other parents who are listening to us today? Uh, and will you recommend them to register for the conceptual play world? Uh, I would say don't hesitate to give it a go if you have the opportunity to participate in one or um, yeah, take a leap and actually do your own if you can't. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Stacey. Uh, and as you have heard from Stacey, uh, if you are interested in doing a conceptual play world, do go to our website. Uh, you just type in conceptual play world, go to our website and register uh, or share your interest to participate in one and we will contact you. Thank you very much. Robert, that was so exciting to, uh, to hear from Stacey and, and, and to... to to learn about how she was so excited about science herself with her daughter, um, Clara. And, uh, and particularly, I thought what was so really interesting was how they were creating these imaginary situations at home. Um, are there some more things that you want to share with us about Stacey and the, the research more broadly? Yeah, I think uh, Stacey is uh, really a champion. Uh, and what you heard from her, uh, probably she said it better than you know I have said so far. So uh, she was just fantastic in terms of explaining to us how she designed this uh, beautiful space uh, for, her, for her daughter's engagement in the science concept. Uh, what really stayed with me, you know, and I was just thinking about it, uh, we often talk about imagination and we could see from her examples, it was really in practice, as she mentioned that, you know, the giraffe push along, push along toy basically be became a fox for her and it stayed a fox. So it's about giving new meaning uh, to, to, uh, to, to something the children are playing with. And that possibility, you know, uh, is, is always there in every home setting. As you often say, Madeline, you know, that imagination is the limit. Uh, 
And in this case, uh, I think uh, with a play world, imagination is really the limit because you can really bring in something which is already there in your house and create a new narrative for your child's science engagement. And I think, um, Prabhat and Oriana, it's it's been so wonderful to to hear um, how this uh, conceptual play worlds at home live can give these really rich opportunities for families to have science conversations. And and we heard we heard also from Stacey how it essentially she could see herself talking and acting scientifically. And what, what an amazing space then to create for Clara to see that science is something that, you know, is for her as well. And, and I think that's a really important outcome of the research you're taking forward. That was something that came out quite strongly is the, the, um, how um, families, parents uh, especially embraced um, the conceptual play world and also just took on those science concepts so, so confidently, um, even though um, I think, you know, coming into this whole experience, it was so new for all of us, um, but we all embraced it and um, being able to create those imaginary spaces together, um, even though we were all in our own homes, but we could create that imaginary space together. Um, and then when families could then continue on, um, we were just so encouraged and absolutely applauded the, the confidence and the, the, um, the capacity to, to um, enter into that sort of um, dialogue, if you like, um, without any hesitation. You know, that it was just, oh, it was wonderful to experience alongside them. Yeah. In fact, that's very true. And if I can add that Oriana and Rebecca did a fantastic planning in advance. So if I can give you a small you know, uh, example of it. So it is also important to bring the concept, the science concept down to the level where children can really experience and talk about it. So uh, for example, when we were doing this uh, chemical reaction, Oriana, you remember that very beautifully, both of you have transformed it into uh, you know, this idea of, does it smell good? Does it taste good? And does it look different? So that, that basically of you know trying to relate their experience uh, in their everyday world with the science uh, was something which was very central and Oriana did it fantastically in fact week after week uh, when when children and families brought their experiences to this digital space she always had the possibility of bringing in the science narrative and laying that science narrative onto it so that they can learn that language yeah, we were really excited about um, when families did share, uh, you know, their 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 learning from home um, with us, and um, it was just a great opportunity to then weave in those important STEM concepts that we wanted to to work through. And, and again, um, this is something that we, you know, are very clear about is those is those concepts that um, we want to try and um, work with the families and having clarity around those. Um, and then any opportunity we had, um, we would try and um, link in somehow. Um, so it was a wonderful, yeah, it was a wonderful possibility um, to continue to um, engage further in, in the scientific concepts. 
Well, I think um, this has been such a um, fascinating um, a podcast today and uh, we've had some really rich um, input from Oriana and from Prabha and, of course, Stacey as well and her experiences at home with Clara. Um, when, when we, in wrapping it up today, I want to thank you. Thank you very much for um, um, presenting today to us and sharing about the research that's going on in the uh, conceptual play lab with the focus on families. And when we think about it in terms of what impact this work's having, I guess we can say that um, governments who are worried about um, uh, not enough STEM professions can find now that um, this kind of work that um, you're taking forward in the conceptual play lab with families is creating those rich conversations and we can see that girls and, and women um, are inspired by the um, conceptual play world at home live and this is making a big difference. What difference is it making for practice? Well, we hear that there's these rich conversations, STEM conversations, with not just not just the um, the, the parent and the child who's participating in this really beautiful um, um, zooming in of a play world, but actually the conversations are extending to the whole family, and and that's really exciting. And it's it means that science is is an exciting moment for the whole family. And then if we think about how this is um, in having impact generally um, in relation to the community, we really want to have informed science citizens, and particularly like today with our podcast having to be done in a pandemic where we're Zooming in uh, together, um, it's, it's really created and changed, changed things so that, you know, we want our children and we want our community to, to really understand the science. And, um, but what a beautiful way to do it as we heard today. So thank you to our guests and um, that shared today these insights about Conceptual Play World at Home Live and what impact it's having on families, STEM conversations. And thank you to the, uh, to the listeners today for tuning in.